Welcome, welcome. This is Cassandra Austin McDonald with the Grow Through It podcast, where I share my personal life experiences and the stories of others who have grown through life's ups and downs and came out on the other side. Listen in as you may become inspired to evolve into the best version of yourself. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Grow Through It podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra Austin McDonald, and today I have with me a special guest, Miss Courtney Brookins. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you for coming on to the Grow Through It podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Cassandra. It's an honor to be here. Oh, I'm so glad. I can't wait to uh, to dig more into your your story and what you have to share. But first, let me give you your proper introduction. (laughs) So (laughs) everyone, no problem. Courtney is an empowerment coach and author in the Chicagoland area. Her work is centered on empowering women and girls to develop a deeper relationship with self through mindfulness, self-care, and wellness. I love that. She is the founder of One Sun, Three Flowers, which is a blooming community of women and rising women rooted in the practices of holistic wellness, self-care, and self-love. The author of the book, Flowering Yourself, an anthology. Courtney is also the podcast host of One One Sun, Three Flowers. So welcome again, Courtney. Thank you for being here. Thank you. And thank you for that introduction. You're welcome. So. When we connected, just to let everyone know, my viewers, I always like to like let everybody know a little bit how I know my guests. And Courtney and I actually um, are Facebook friends. And she posted a question about a week or two ago about uh, co-parenting. So I responded and shared um, like a snippet. And then we connected on a Zoom chat and like was really just like feeling the energy and the the connection between us. And then Courtney shared some of what she does in her story. And I was like, oh man, we got to get her on um, my podcast. So we we both have been on each other's podcast now, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty cool. And I love that. It's funny. Thank, shout out to social media. I'm glad that there's ways we can connect to people all over the world now. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And what I love about what we have done, Courtney, before I even ask you my first question that just came to me, is just showing women the power of collaboration, that we could all be in similar industries and work together. It's not about working against each other, rather working together, supporting each other. And I just, I'm just so grateful to have connected with you so we can both just support each other on our journeys. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. I've been seeing the hashtag, um, collaboration over competition. And so I'm really kind of pulling that into my mantra right now, as far as like just connecting with other beautiful and dynamic women. So thank you also for, for being willing to connect with me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I just want to dig right in. Um, You with, with getting into mindfulness, self-care and wellness, I know firsthand that that means there's a backstory right? Because we, yeah. <laughs> we, we search for that because of something we've grown through. So could you share with us a little bit about what led you into, um, into the industry that you're in with self-care and wellness? Yeah, I will be happy to. So my journey of self-care really began in childhood, but I didn't know that. Like that's where I learned to not take care of myself. Mm. Um, so I am, I believe in like, um, 
birth order. And so I'm the oldest child. And it's funny because when we did a Zoom call for Mother's Day and we were, um, I don't know if you saw like the Angela Davis and the Nikki Giovanni uh, mm-hmm. daughter of, yeah, did you see that? I did. I didn't get to participate, but I saw that there was, and I love Angela Davis. She's like my hero. <laughs> I love both of them. And Nikki Giovanni, I actually started off an undergrad at Fisk and she's a Fisk grad. So, you know, it's just so many connections there. Um, but they had the daughter of segment and my mother saw that and she really liked it. And it was paying homage to the daughters of. And so we did that on Sunday for our Mother's Day celebration, which was really beautiful. But what was interesting was my brother um, ended up, he was kind of like listening and then as we went through he paid gratitude to my grandmother my mother and circled back and said and my second mother my oldest sister and and I I say all that to say it just really reminds me of how I began not taking care of myself Mm. um because from a very early age a very young girl I was coined in his mind and and probably in my family role as being like a second mom and my mom was phenomenal so I don't want to make it seem like she was absent but what happened would be that I would be taking care of him um when she was not there um things he didn't understand I would help him with homework food cooking you know the traditional roles that born or eldest children get into right so I kind of adapted that into my love language not the way that I receive love but the way I learned to demonstrate love, which was by doing. Mm. And um, so I would just do, do, do. And so that spiraled into when I started dating and when I got into full-blown commitment. And um, eventually my girl's father, um, I continued those habits in there. And that relationship was not the most best, uh, was not the best relationship for um, me or him or any of us. So got mm-hmm. out of that. And as I started, you know, establishing myself in this world as a woman um, and an individual, I really didn't know who I was outside of being something for someone else. Mm. And um, that was really when I had to take a seat back and kind of like say, you know, like what is going on here? You know, who am I? What do I need? What do I desire? I've learned how to take care of other people, but how do I take care of myself? Because I've never had any real practice with this. And so that landed me in the journey of self-care and wellness and just mm-hmm. kept spiraling from there. Wow. It, everything you shared, it's just like I'm reflecting back on like moments, you know, because like I shared with you, I'm the oldest as well. So a lot of what you're sharing resonates. Um what you just shared about that question you asked, like, who am I? I feel like that is like such a profound question because most people who start any kind of journey of self-discovery and just kind of like evolving to another version of themselves, I feel like that's like one of the number one questions we ask ourselves is who am I? Like, what was that experience like for you when you actually like asked yourself that for real, not the titles, the labels, but like who is Courtney to the core? You know what? If I'm transparent and candid, it was terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, because 
I have always been, or so I thought very like clear on who I was, but I learned by like unraveling the layers. I'm, I'm clear on who I am in my role self, but I was Mm. not clear on who I was in my, at my core, in my purpose. Um, at, at, at the core of who I am, my identity, who is that person I didn't know. And so it really kind of created a sting within my being because I felt insecure about that. Ooh, I want to, that part you just said, the role part. Can yeah. You, um, can we unpack that for a bit? Because I feel like as women, we are so guilty of positioning ourselves in these roles and that's how we identify ourselves. And then yeah. we, we, it's like, who are we outside of those roles though? Like, so what was it like for you? Was it like unpacking, okay, I'm a mom, I'm a, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm the oldest. Like, what did that look like for you of like unraveling these roles that you were identifying with? Well, one, I just have to throw this into every conversation. Part of this work was not done by myself. It definitely was an accompaniment with a therapist. Yes. Um, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I'm an advocate for therapy. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like we, we can talk about that all day. <laughs> all day. Because I'm like, look, I am a big proponent of self-help and self-healing, but part of healing yourself is getting some tools to know what to, you know, where to start. So, um, yeah. So what it looked like was me actually being open to going to therapy. And then even that journey, Cassandra was interesting because when I began going to therapy and start dissecting that I was willing to take the steps, but I wasn't fully willing to do the work. And girl, hold on, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) We got to We got to say, we got to we got to we got to unpack that real quick. I'm so sorry, but right there, what you just said, I need people to get this part. This is the part that people get hung up on the work. Mm -hmm. What is the work? The work is showing up transparently, being honest, being candid. And and I don't just mean with your therapist. I mean, even with yourself. Mm. I found that I was hiding myself from myself. Because if I really unpacked the things that were bothering me, the traumas that were present, the feelings that I wasn't comfortable with, it it made me feel like, you know, was my identity shifting? You know, had I been living, was my life a lie? Like, I really felt confused. So I was going through the motions. I showed up for therapy. I was having, like, very on-the-surface conversations. But when it talked about, like, peeling back my feelings, unpacking my childhood experiences, um, talking about how think what happened and how they made me feel, not just the evidence of what happened, but how those actions actually made me feel mm-hmm. and step into a place of vulnerability. Mm. Um, that's when I started to really see some major work like, okay, not only did this thing happen to me, but it hurt me. And yeah. then it hurt me, but let's go a little deeper. What are the exact feelings that I'm feeling? What are, what, what emotions are present? Where do they resonate in my body? And being really open with myself is when I really start seeing quick transformation. Um, because like I said, I was just showing up. I wasn't doing work. I was, I was checking a box. I'm so glad. I'm Courtney, you have no idea how how glad I am that you've brought this up because 
it's a common theme in conversations I have with people where it's not merely enough to show up, right? Like there's, there's work. And I say that a lot to people. I'm like, you got to do the work. And what you just described is what it looks like. You know, it's being willing to be vulnerable and being willing to take the shame off and say, this is how I felt. I think a lot of times people experience so much shame around their feelings and their experiences that they're afraid to admit that, yes, I felt um, disappointed or betrayed or whatever the feeling is. Uh Do you feel like that was, that applied to you? Like, was there a level of shame and that was what was kind of stopping you from going and being vulnerable? Absolutely. Shame was definitely a part of it. And I think that also goes back to my role self because by the time I started doing this work, okay, I'm a mom, you know, I had been the older sister who had always had it together. And so now for me to be able to like expose myself and say, no, you don't have it together. And you do have these different things that are hurt, have hurt you and have, um, you've had these different experiences that have made you feel really sad or really anxious or depressed, being able to admit those things to myself, it made me um, just feel a little insecure. It would be the emotion that came up. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you don't stay in that place forever. And that's really what I want to say to people. Like yeah, yeah. you might feel shameful or guilty or insecure, but then once you start working through it, you start owning it. Like, yes, yes you know, I had periods of depression or yes, I've had periods where, you know, I was in relationships that I thought would work out or friendships that I thought were going to be fruitful or that my life was going to even be different than it is right now. But yeah. this, the shame, once I own it and recognize that I don't really have a reason to hang my head down as part of my story, mm-hmm. it also becomes part of my life because now I can connect to other women who have had similar experiences instead of kind of walking around like on a high horse, like, oh, I got my stuff together. Don't worry about me. Um, but really being able to meet, meet that woman where she is and say, sis, I understand. I get yeah. it. I, yeah. You know, I can relate. Oh my goodness. You're just, you're like hitting me to my heart space. (laughs) (laughs) You are. Cause you're like, this is my love language. I just feel like, um, I'm so passionate about this because it, it really hurts my heart when I see so many women in that space you just described, you know, like the mask and pretending like they have it all together. And I can see it in their eyes. I can see it, the hurt, the pain, the brokenness. And you know, and, and you are absolutely right. When you can just deal with your stuff, you, you are a light because then what happens is you show people for one, there is no shame in our stories. And Uh -uh. for two, you can go through this healing journey and get to the other side. You don't stay stuck in the feeling and the experience. You can move through it. And so I just think what you just said was just, was just dead on and people need to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. And even you you brought up love language uh, just a few seconds ago. And that even was a part of my, my self-work because I've, again, going back to relationship, I learned, you know, my love language is 
number one quality time and then like right maybe a point difference it's physical touch Mm. and so what I started to even play with with myself is these are my expectations that I have for like my current partner or past relationships but how often have I used my love language to feed my self-care or my self-love and how does that show up so in a part of that unraveling and that vulnerability and that growing in my relationship with myself it was like okay your love language is quality time and it's um physical touch when do you make time for yourself Mm. when do you make time to you know apply like give yourself like a massage or and you know lather yourself up in a bath because these are things that you want done by other people but your primary relationship is here with you so why why are you not giving what you're expecting to receive girl that's a whole word right there (laughs) (laughs) that's a whole word i hope somebody caught that i hope somebody in these internet streets caught that because it's so true like we have to stop expecting people to do be and have and give for us what we are unwilling to do for ourselves yes we that to me that's the definition of toxicity right there and we're all guilty of it i'm guilty of it you know yeah there's times where you know i want my husband to say all the things i want to hear and then i have to say cassandra did you say your affirmations today that's why that's why you that's why you saying that you didn't even do your affirmations you're trying to tell him to say all the things you want to hear how about you go pour into yourself and maybe you'll feel better (laughs) exactly because partnership is supposed to be like adding on not filling in exactly i don't think we're we're taught that no i feel like we are taught to fill voids and be placeholders and fill roles and we are especially as women that's why i'm so glad to have you here um on the podcast and sharing your story because I feel like as women especially we are not taught the value of having a relationship with ourselves and what that even looks like right absolutely absolutely that's so true no we're taught the value of and I think some of it is like a community or some of it is historical um you know if we look at like books and and movies and shows like I have two daughters um who are 10 and 12 and I, I'm constantly analyzing the messages that are being subliminally fed to these girls like mm. ah, you know my value is in my physical beauty and um, I want to stroke up a certain way so that you know I'm attractive to gain like uh, someone affirmation outside of myself and girls have these specific roles which are like in the house or in marriage or being mothers and I I'm not anti-motherhood or marriage or any of those things, but what I am anti is learning to fulfill roles outside of yourself and get this programming at, you know, such a tender age and then grow up with that mindset instead of being programmed, fill my cup, fill my cup, love myself, love Mm -hmm. myself, and then let's see what it looks like when I want to ask someone else. They're my bonus. They're not my void. And I'll tell you, there is such a profound difference. Um, The way I dated the mister, that's what what I call the husband. I don't like saying that for some reason. It sounds weird, but I say the mister instead. (laughs) The way we dated, totally different than how I dated in the past. 
Mm-hmm. It was like night and day because by the time I met him, the self, I had the self-love down pat. I knew what I needed. I knew what I wanted. I knew how to carve out time for myself. I, I was learning about my boundaries. I knew my whole world does not um, involve this person, that I have other things that I enjoy doing. And those things do not lose priority just because I'm dating. I mean, like, that's why I feel like what you're doing is so important. And, that, and I'm glad you brought your girls up because I wanted to, that was the next shift I wanted to make here in this conversation was just sharing about you doing your own work and your journey and then how that started to shift into how you are as a mother with your girls and then ultimately with this mission that you all are on with helping other women and girls do the same. Yeah, so uh, that's a great question. Um, the work, the funny thing is, you know, I think we've talked about this before, you know, personally, but you really can't fake your transformation um, because it will show up in your life. It will Mm -hmm. show up in your relationships. And so Mm -hmm. I love that you say like, even with, you know, your current work, you still find yourself needing certain things from the mister. And then you're having to check yourself and say, wait, did you, you say those affirmations? Yeah. And I say that because I'm, I'm so sick of women looking at I've had this happen. Women will look at me being married like, oh, you're good now. You've made, I said, oh no, darling, the work, the work, it really starts kicking in now because you're all of those programming, like you talked about and the things we learn start, it's like, it gets triggered in, oh, they're supposed to meet all your needs. They're supposed to do this. And it's like, hold on now, you know better. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And then it's less time, you know, they say it's a a blessing to be single and it's a blessing to be married. Uh, That's um, biblical. And I think it's true because, you know, the more roles um, that you have mother, wife, you know, as you add those on, you have to be a lot more intentional about, you know, how you're utilizing your time and feeding into those things for you, because now you're balancing your relationship with self, which is, as my daughter, she just said it the other day, your first relationship is with God, the second one is with yourself, and then comes family and everyone else, and I'm like, that's exactly it, yeah, and um, so I think that, I think that when you're, when you have children or or, you know, you're in a marital situation or in a very, you know, a committed partnership. I think that um, how you start infusing that into those other relationships is by being a living example. Mm -hmm. So I really try to make sure that I'm intentional about spending time with myself. I want the girls to see me do things for me, not for them, not for the home, not for my partner. Um, who they're also very familiar with, not for any of that, but for me, um, because I want want them to see me love myself. I love um, that because we they, they learn by what they see, not what they, they hear. They learn by what they see, not by what they hear. And when I, I went, and let me be transparent, when I miss a beat, they will let me know, like, Mom, okay, so you have a self care routine in the morning. Yes, come and on with the accountability. <laughs> my accountability partner so it's great because even if I mess up I know I'm showing them the right things because they can say have you eaten did you meditate like things that they know are very um essential for my life I love that and what really you're doing is you're building a new generational way of being I'm trying (laughs) well it sounds like you're doing honey thank you (laughs) because I'm telling you um what you're doing is going to stick with them. Just how what we went through stuck with us. And 
you know, that's going to stick with them. And so you're giving them a new blueprint. Yes, yes, yes. That is fully, um, fully my intention. And then I even try to use, you know, these different things besides what's happening with me. You know, I tell the girls, you have a sister, so that's a blessing. You can also use that for you to learn yourself a little better. You know, like if someone, if she does something to you that you dislike, Okay, you can focus on what she did or you can focus on how it made you feel because then you're clear about what you feel about different situations. And I want and I just said this to my daughter the other day, you don't have to be apologetic or even explain why you feel the way you feel your feelings are valid. So regardless of if your sister agrees or not, your feelings are valid, which is why when they're exploring and sharing feelings, I really you know, pretty much mandate that they hold space for the other person because it's not to challenge oh, what they're beautiful. feeling. That's beautiful. Thank you. It's not to challenge what they're feeling. It's just to to say your feelings are valid and my feelings are valid and not to get into the space of questioning why someone feels something. That's how they feel. doesn't mean you have to agree, but you do acknowledge that that's what they're feeling in the moment by something that you did. And, and they have the right to feel that way. That is so healthy. Oh my goodness. You're about to bring me to tears because I'm the oldest of, of, of three sisters. There's three of us. And oh, wow. um, we, I'm just thinking like, man, what would life been like had we experienced that? You know what I mean? And um, quite the opposite, very toxic. And what you're, I just think what you're doing with your girls is just amazing. It really is. I take my hat Thank off you to so you much. because I'm thinking about the relationships they're going to have moving forward with their friends, with other, their partners, you know, like you are really setting such a strong foundation for healthy relationships. And I just love that. I'm so, I'm so for this. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. It is continual work for sure. Especially now that I have a middle schooler. So, you know, there's definitely, you know, a lot of feelings that are present right now, you know, with her being in middle school. But, you know, I think it's really a great time, even in the midst of, because some of that, I think some of that is why, um, you know, we hear people talk about like preteens and, you know, teenagers being so confused about who they are and what they're feeling. Well, we don't really create space for them to explore it, especially if you think about culture. Um, and yeah. I hate to generalize, but I definitely have a, a, a Southern Black family. And so yeah. um, while my mother created more space than probably traditional baby boomers for me to talk about how I feel, you know, there's still a line of, you know, respect. And so mm-hmm. there wasn't ever really as much guidance on let's talk about how your feelings um, show up and, and learn how to articulate them because talking about what you feel can be very, a very respectful conversation. And, um, and it doesn't mean that I'm challenging, you know, you as a parent or you as my sibling, I can talk about how I feel in a respectful way and then not be offensive. It's not an attack against my character or my sibling character or my, you know, your parents' character. And if someone's feeling that, you know, honestly, as I've also told my children, if someone else feels attacked by you saying how they feel, that's really probably part of their own need to heal or their own work. That really is not your, your issue. Um, yeah. As long as you're being respectful and saying what you're saying. 
So um, I think it's great for preteens and teenagers to start making sense of what they're feeling and getting those feelings out so they're not bombarded with it and they're just acting out. Uh, We know certain behaviors are kind of just normal to certain ages, but, you know, having someone help them to like sort out what they're feeling will help them make better decisions. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So how did you get to the point where you transitioned from doing your own work to now helping others do their work? And it looks like from the research I've done, you've taken your girls on that journey with you. Yeah. So, um, I, so how did it transition? Well, the company that we have was birthed out of a book that I wrote. It's in collection of poems. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it had the elements of self-care and self-love and transformation and ancestry and femininity, all of that wrapped in there. Mm -hmm. And so from birthing that and taking that first step, I was able to look back in my writing and then I was able to say, okay, not only is this something that I struggled with, but this is something that is like very necessary for um, me to start empowering my kids with and other kids. So, you know, I think that life purpose really comes when you're doing your own work and your own healing, you start to become a gravitational magnet for, for, for where you should go. Yeah. And I started noticing um, how it was changing my life, how it was empowering my girls. You know, I was frequently getting conversations on how um, strong they are, how smart they are, how, how confident they are, and even had other women um, bringing their children to me and asking me to speak to them. And then also, I'm, I'm an educator, so I um, teach reading, and so I would have students come to me, and it, I mean, it was just floodgates of girls all the time, mm-hmm. and still even now, I get emails and texts and all of that, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is not coincidence. Yeah, there's you know, something to this. There's something to this. I think this is divine purpose, and and one of the most important things that I felt is not only was it about um, me growing and me helping other people, but it didn't feel like work. It felt like mm. a life calling yeah. um, and something I really just, I enjoy doing. Yeah. And I find myself so much in my girls and in these other girls and, and women. Um, and the most beautiful thing, Cassandra, is that the more I help people heal and grow, the more it deepens my growth and healing because it's not like you get to like, people talk about growth. Like it's like, okay, I I did that. I mastered that, but evolution is continuous. And so the more I connect and help other women to grow and girls grow and heal, the more it makes me go a little deeper into Courtney. And so I'm I'm so grateful to all of the people I've been able to um, connect with. That is so true. Um, there's this, there's this um, saying about when you teach something, then you really learn it more on a deeper level. Uh-huh. And I really believe that to be true because anytime I have, like yourself, helped someone, taught something, coached something, it almost like caused me to self-reflect and check myself a bit like, okay, where am I at in this area? Where am I at in this area? And I think, like you said, by constantly working with people, it causes you to like, when you're an introspective person, it will cause you to start self-reflecting and thinking like, okay, where am I in my journey? Do you feel like you've experienced that where you're kind of self-reflecting as you're helping others? 
Yeah, I absolutely do. Like, I know that I'm offering a service, but I feel like I'm also being serviced Mm -hmm. um, because it's just helping me exactly what you said to just go a little deeper. Like, and it can be the smallest thing. Um, And it might awaken something in me that was dormant or that I forgotten Mm -hmm. or, you know, another layer that I need to unpack. And so I'm I'm just ever grateful for the experiences that I get um, when I'm in home or dealing with clients, because it, it really just helps me to further my lifelong journey and my work. Yes, I love that you said lifelong journey. I, I'm always telling people like, this is a lifelong journey. There's no, <laughs> there is no quick fixes. And, you know, I feel like it's important to reiterate that because when you're leaders and you're, um, you're a helper or a healer, people will start to put you on this pedestal. Have you experienced mm-hmm. that? And yeah. It's, and for, I, I, I wish people, I know I've, I've been guilty of doing that to other people. And I've, I've noticed lately, I've been checking myself about that because I think about my own stuff where there's times where I'm like, Hey, I'm on a path right now. I'm healing another layer or I'm growing through something right now. And, you know, just being able to affirm and let and remind everyone that this is a lifelong journey. And just because we're on this path and we've embarked upon a purpose or a calling doesn't mean that I've reached a mountaintop. I'm fixed. I'm perfect. Everything is. <laughs> yes. yeah. And I love that you said perfect, right? <laughs> like, ain't no perfect. <laughs> there is no perfect uh, at all. You know, I, I've gotten so frequently, I've gotten compliments like, oh, you're the perfect mom. Or, you know, like, I wish that you were, you know, I had a mom like you. And, I, and I've even made a post about this socially. I'm like, no, I'm not the perfect mom, but I, I really do pride myself on being a good mom. But do I have blow ups? Do I make mistakes? Do I have to go in and apologize for things I've said or done or missed? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that because women, we're already under so much pressure. And so when we're looking at the mom or the woman that we think has it together perfectly, then it um, invalidates our experiences and disconnects us from that woman. And I don't want to walk around and be in a disconnected space. Um, And I know social media is a great place for us to show our glows, but um, you know, there's obviously things that are happening behind the camera. And, um, and, and I think it's important for us to be transparent about what we're, what our strengths are and then also where we're still growing because that is what helps us to connect with each other and help us to go a little deeper in our own work. So um, I, again, just want to reiterate, I know I, I can stand on the top of the mountain if that's where people are looking up and say, hey, bring me down with you because I am by no means a perfect mom, a perfect person, and my yeah. growth is still happening. Yes. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't love myself, my children, or my journey. It's just acknowledgement that it's not fair to put that pressure on me or for other women to put that pressure on themselves. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, I just, I love to, I love to say we are a student and a teacher. We are a student. <laughs> it's, it's a cycle, right? Give and take. Absolutely. It really is. And I just, I feel like it really ties back into just your whole mission of self-care, wellness, and mindfulness. Like, even though, because I know I have some leaders and some therapists even who listen to this um, podcast and, you know, just to even remind them, like, it's okay to take a pause for the cause and to get 
self in check and make sure self is good. Like yep. just because we are in these roles does not mean that our work for ourselves stops. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a disservice to ourselves and our clients if we stop here um, because there's so much more to figure out and there's so much more to unpack. Um, as long as we're living, we should be growing and, mm -hmm. and as I like to say, blooming. And so, I love that. Yeah. And so just like, uh, and one of my poems talks about that in flowering yourself, but there are different seasons in our lives, just like the flowers, the flower doesn't, if you go outside, the flower doesn't stay fully in bloom all year round. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, and it's a beautiful thing to look at, but there's times when, you, you know, it's weathered and it's times when it's growing and it's times when it's budding and it's times when it's spreading pollen. So that's when we're giving to others. Yeah. And, there's just so many different seasons that we go through as people and, and, and women. And I've learned to give myself permission without asking for it to um, <clears throat> have my highs and my lows and to be growing and to still be figuring it out and to be sharing and asking questions. As you said, I'm always and forever a student and a teacher. Yes, I love that. I really do. It's, it's, it's just so important to make sure that that's like, reiterated for people to know like we can be both <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes um so how did, how is it with having your daughters like work alongside with you in your mission of spreading this message of mindfulness self-care and wellness you know, it is wonderful because I love, you know, first of all, they're letting me know when I'm trying to do things on my own. This is our company. <laughs> I know that's right. They're like, listen. <laughs> <laughs> so they let me know. Uh, do we talk about that? I'm like, okay, okay, calm down, girls. <laughs> that's cute. But um, it's wonderful because one is strengthening our relationship you know, as a tribe. And then it's helping me and them to be able to see what their individual strengths are. Um, and then what are our collective strengths and then them also being able to look at other people and connect with them um, on a level of, oh, that's where I'm trying to go. Or that's something mommy's mentioned, or that's something I've even felt, you know, mm -hmm. it's nice to know that you're not the only one who has felt or experienced those things. So it's been great having them along the ride. Um, they're very strong and, and very wise for their age. You know, I believe sometimes, like my grandma used to say, um, they've been here before, you know, old school yeah, says that. Yeah. And so some of the things they say, you know, I have to admit, and I've admitted this on a past podcast of my own, I haven't taught them everything that they know. Some of that is God-given, and I just mm. really want to make time to, to highlight um, as much as I pour in everything didn't come from me. Mm, I love that. I love that. And it just shows um, your level of humility, you know, like you're not like fake humble. You know how some people, they just, it's, it's like that fake humble. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe fake humble on these internet streets. <laughs> I know, right? But your level of humility, it's just really, it's really, I love it because, um, it's the, it's the signs of a true leader. And I just really honor you and what you do and how you are as a mother. And I, I really love um, just your overall mission and how you are taking your girls alongside of you on that journey. I just think it's a, it's a beautiful thing to do and see. Thank you so much.
Um, so I always like to ask a final question of, um, so here on the Grow Through It podcast, I'm big on helping people to see other stories and kind of like what that final grow through it moment was for you of getting from point A to Z and any light you could shed for anyone who may be in the midst of, you know, maybe they're feeling like, I don't know who I am, or they have um, identified with all of these roles, like you mentioned, what would you say to them as they're listening to you in this episode about now you're in this place of like, you know who you are, you pour into yourself and you've taught your daughters how to do that. What would you tell, say to a woman who is in that space that you were in when you started your journey? Oh, excellent question. Um, I would tell them to slow down. Mm. Um, and what I mean by that is I think sometimes we feel like we have to go and do something and, and try to quickly fix it, but slowing down and taking some time to just, um, sit with yourself, sit Mm. with your experiences, sit with your feelings and really just explore you is really what will start leading you into some other areas. Um, and when I say slow down and sit with those things, I mean, like, give room and give space for them, you know, observing and being aware of what you're feeling and what you're currently experiencing, that is doing something. Um, that is actually, do- that is the that is doing work, to have awareness, to be aware of what you're feeling, to be mm-hmm. aware of what you're experiencing. And then from getting in that practice of slowing down and sitting with you, I believe that you will be divinely led into the next steps of what you need to do because everyone's mission is different. Um, but just take some time to sit with you, slow down and listen to what your your body, listen to what you're feeling on a physical, emotional, and spiritual level. And then from there, you start getting the resources to be led into the next steps. Oh, I love that. That was perfect. Thank that you. Was, that was perfect. <laughs> I love that. Because I, as someone who's a doer, I'm just reflecting like, man, I need, I may need to take some of that. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I need to sit there right there. (laughs) No, it's so true though. Oh my goodness. Because oftentimes when you are that type of person, you do feel like doing is how you'll get your answer. But really you've just kind of solidified that whole notion of like be, do, then you'll have. And it's like, just be. Yes. Just be. Oh, Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I am quite sure I will ask you to come back again for another topic because I know there's more to you than what we've talked about. (laughs) (laughs) And I will be honored. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Courtney, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have a website, www.onesun3flowers, that's O-N-E-S-U-N, the number three, flowers.com. You can also find me on all social media channels at onesun3flowers. And also feel free to email me at onesun3flowers at gmail.com. Awesome. Thanks again, Courtney, for being with us today and sharing your story. I'm really glad that we could have you here today. You are so welcome. Thank you again for having me. It's been wonderful connecting with you and your podcast community. So thank you so much for the opportunity. You're welcome.
Thank you for listening to this episode. Please make sure to subscribe, like, share, and leave your review for the podcast. To learn more, go to www.cassandraaustin.com.